Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, December 3rd, 2020. Coming here a little late uh, after a week off there for Thanksgiving. I was up at my girlfriend's parents up in Detroit Lakes, which was a lovely time. And Rob was swamped with work out in Vegas, so we uh, had some scheduling conflicts and couldn't really figure out a time to get the pot in last week due to Thanksgiving. So we apologize for that. Uh, we were debating whether we should post our picks or just take a week hiatus from the pod and we decided to just take a week hiatus so we're back here this week and with uh wednesday night football last night uh kind of a strange time with that ravens pittsburgh game and then no thursday night football we decided to do the pod on thursday since it kind of made more sense for uh for week 13 here so uh yeah a week late and a day late than the normal but just a strange year but uh there's uh Fun football last weekend, which was nice, and let's go out. I know I put a couple of uh, of picks released on the website, so I'm not even sure if Rob did. Let's uh, head out to Vegas and ask him. How you doing out there, Crowber? Did you end up putting any picks in uh, for last week that you released? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, how are you doing there over in Minnesota? Oh, pretty good. Still, uh, <laughs> still hardly any snow and not too bad today, and um, yeah, it's... Kind of weird being this late into the year and uh doesn't really feel like it's uh, Christmas month yet, but I'm just fine with that. Uh, hopefully, you know, about a week and a half before Christmas it snows and then uh, it's a quick winter this year after last year. It was pretty rough, so, I mean, you'll be back here before too long, so hopefully it'll be real nice and snowy by the time you get back. Yeah, my favorite is yeah, slow, snowy, slippery roads, and I know you're a big snowbird yourself, you know, all the... You know the the water or the snow snowmobiles and all that stuff and skiing snow oh, snow uh, snowboarding cross country skiing and that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know you kind of like uh, they depict there in South Park. You got your goggles on and your helmet and going up and down the slopes. So I think that's a pretty good depiction of Frank. If I've ever heard one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get Grandpa's license plate with the I hate snow. That's for sure. Yeah, but no, yeah, I definitely don't miss that weather here uh, here in Vegas. It's it gets a little chilly when the sun goes down, you know, it gets down to the 50s and 60s, but, uh, you know, more 50s, I guess. But yeah, definitely, uh, much better than the cold. I'll, I'll say that. I don't miss the, the slippery roads and everything else, but yeah, well, well, like you said, we'll be coming back there soon next week or so. So and, uh, definitely looking forward to getting back though, too. And just kind of a shame nothing going on there. Everything locked down. So. Yeah, at least you you were talking before we got on the pod about how you've been grinding slot machines though and uh, hitting those penny slots hard. How's that been going? Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> something I do is kind of more of a, a full time job at this point. Just <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, it's funny though people just begging these slot machines. Uh, just funny how I, I don't get it. We ne- we never understood it. I don't think we ever will. But hey, teach their own, I guess. Yeah, you enjoy the the sounds and the buzzers and losing ninety percent of your money all the time and. Go for it, but um, all right. Well, yeah, let's uh, do a quick recap of uh, for us. I guess it'd be week eleven, and then if anything stood out to you last week, um, and how you did with your release plays, uh, let's jump in and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So, how did you do with your uh, pod picks, picks of the week? For week eleven, and then any release plays last week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't need to. I guess for yeah, real quick, just for week eleven. I think we talked about our plays. I think three and two for top five plays, pick of the week. I also won, so not too bad from that perspective. And then I 
Uh, what I look forward most, I guess, would be my release plays, which looks like, um, yeah, three and two, I think it looks for my releases from the prior week that we skipped a uh, weekend recap. And then last week went one and one. Uh, but unfortunately, my bigger play was that two unit play on the Chargers, which ended up losing kind of still kind of tough. I don't know how they didn't get there at that, that total there is definitely on pace. For the first half, but anyway, yeah, def- ended up uh, losing a little bit there. Went one, one, went one and one, like I said, but had a two unit play. Actually, my first two unit play of the year, so that shows you how I was pretty confident in that play. Which again, this was last week, being week twelve. But yeah, all in all, last two weeks for me, I guess was you know, profitable, uh, slightly profitable, but nothing crazy. But yeah, overall, if you looked at my release plays page on RoadSports.com, still slightly, just so, so ever slightly positive here for 2020. So hopefully, we can get that keep. Uh, in the in the right direction, but how uh, how about yourself? How'd you do? So, two weeks ago, went three and two. Like you said, uh, my pick of the week was Green Bay, and they lost in overtime, so that was pretty frustrating. And of my release plays, I won two fairly easily, and uh, then lost the Green Bay one. So I went two and one. Then last week, I released Arizona, laying one against New England, and have no idea how they didn't get there. That was just an absolute travesty across the board between Kyler Murray almost looking like he was hurt and not really scrambling much and Kingsbury just making awful coaching decision after awful coaching decision and them missing a 40, what, five yard field goal or something, a 47 yard field goal. And then New England, of course, banging home their field goal, uh, with time expiring to, to win by three. So that was just a, about as frustrating as a loss as it gets. And, uh, and then I had the Vikes minus three. They spotted them 14 with their fumble sixes and stormed back to a win by one. So just uh, yeah, an awful week from a from a release play last week, but it's still I mean 0 and 2. So uh, two and three over the last couple of weeks. I'm not not great, but uh, yeah, it's it was uh, kind of a disappointing Hall or I mean uh, not Halloween, disappointing Thanksgiving with the the Texans Lions game was pretty ugly early, and that was never. All that exciting, and then Washington blowing out the Cowboys, and then the third game getting canceled. I don't know which one of the th- the three was the. I mean, the best might have been the one that got canceled because at least you had to sit there and watch it on Thanksgiving. So that was kind of disappointing because usually there's at least one Thanksgiving game that's that's ultra exciting. But yeah, there's for the most part on Sunday I actually uh, did pretty good. I was all over that Falcons uh, against the Raiders, and that was easy fashion. Um, and then I had, uh, I was all over the Titans to bounce back against the Colts and it didn't end up releasing any of these plays, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, both of those worked out pretty good for me, uh, personally, which was nice. Uh, it was kind of cool. One other thing, not from a betting perspective, but as a fan, it was cool to see the, uh, the Cardinals lose to the Pats, even though it didn't help me financially. Uh, and then having the Vikings storm back like that, now they're only one game out of the wild card. So that uh, should be pretty exciting here going forward, especially this week with a uh, pretty good Rams and Cardinals matchup. So hopefully the Vikes can sneak by the Jags. Uh, you know, who knows? They might be right back in the in the playoff picture here, uh, heading down the home stretch. So that's uh, exciting as well. All right, let's uh, go ahead and do getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so what games qualified in Week 12 for getting the best of the number? Yeah, we had two game qualifiers. I was fortunate to be on both of them, actually. But, um, yeah, let's get started here, getting the best of the number. First one was Seattle. Actually, the first one, I guess, technically would be Kansas City. And Tampa Bay would be uh, the opener here, Kansas City 3, flat 3 on the road. And then this one closed pretty much across the board, Kansas City 3.5, uh, like we say all the time. Preached about pretty much since the start of this podcast, uh, what, five, six years ago now, or how many ever it's been, but I know it's been a lot, but, uh, yeah, three most important number in the NFL for sure. So that one coming off of three and of course landed 27, 24 right on three. So I know I was lucky enough to wait out there and get that three in the hook, uh, three and a half there on Tampa. So that was good, but I know they kind of stormed back there and it was pretty, pretty much a game where pretty lucky fashion to come back and cover. But again, at the end of the day, uh, all that matters is the final score. So there's a one that, you know, pretty good example there. And then another one, probably even a better example, Seattle at Philly. This one opened uh, when, when I did my numbers, it was, it opened Seattle six at Westgate, which is the numbers I use for the opener. 
for side and total. But I, I mean, there were some, I definitely knew there were some numbers out there, five, five and a half, if you bet it early enough. I think even maybe a four and a half. But again, just for our purposes, open six. If I just go, you know, use the numbers I have. Uh, and this one closed, touch seven. I actually got a seven myself on, on Philadelphia here in Vegas, but it closed. I think consensus was definitely six and a half. So this one, uh, 23-17 landed right on six. So again, um, I'm pretty sure if you bet it early enough, you could have got Seattle as a winner, but at the very least, uh, being very conservative, you could have got a push out of Seattle as, at the opener, uh, or you could have bet it late on Philadelphia and, and had that win there. And again, both these games are examples of pretty, pretty lucky covers uh, on the, on the underdogs and probably in, in reality didn't really have a business to cover. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, just uh, the final score that we look at and, and that's, that's what's going to be putting the, getting the best number segment for sure. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, let's, uh, let's do week 13. Feels like it's been a while here. Yeah, it has been a while. I'm ready to hop into it here and, uh, pick some winners here for the listeners. All right. So, uh, both coming off three and two weeks, uh, two weeks ago. Obviously didn't do anything last week. So I had the T box before. I have the T box now. Well, I was going to go five and oh, four and one for sure, but yeah. uh, well, whatever. Let's just count, we'll pencil that in. We both went <laughs> yeah. five and oh, and uh, yeah, that boosts my record to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. First game, Cincinnati, Miami. What, uh, what are your numbers on that one? Yep. I'll get my numbers here quick. I know it's been a couple weeks. So for any new listeners, but yeah, I'll get my power rate number, just a strict number between these two teams. Uh, without anything else factored in. Also get the Westgate Superbook look headline here in Vegas. Uh, Westgate with look headline is basically the line available to bet the week before the, the last week of play. So just so we can kind of get a barometer of how much the one line has changed and the opinion has changed from one week of play. And then of course we're given the, the opener, what this game opened at this week for both side and total. So yeah, let's uh, get at Cincinnati and Miami as your play here. Uh, we'll have to wait and find out which side or total he's on, but my power rating here, Miami minus 13. Look headline, Miami 10.5. Westgate opened Miami 11.5, and the total here opened uh, 43. Yeah, uh, I like I like the dog here. I'll take Cincinnati plus 11.5. Um, this isn't by any means my favorite pick or one that I'm overly confident in because we do have a lot of incomplete information. Uh, since he didn't look that great last week against the Giants, and it was a pretty sloppy game, and kind of backdoored a, uh, a cover there to to lose by two, and I just I, this is more a bet against Miami. I just don't think, even though they won by 17 against the Jets last week, wasn't all that impressed with uh, with Fitzpatrick and the Miami offense, and that's kind of been a reoccurring theme here. Uh, a, like the whole season for the most part is the Miami offenses just look pretty, I don't know, pretty, I'd say spotty at best. It's, it really hasn't uh, generated a ton of points. There's a couple weeks where Miami scored like that shootout with the Cardinals was one week and, uh, against the Niners when they had a bunch of defensive and weird touchdowns, even the, the Rams game where they scored 28, but it really wasn't a whole lot of offense involved. And I think. In this spot here, it just doesn't seem like a game where Miami's really going to be overly motivated to try to blow the doors off Cincinnati. I feel like if they get up to a lead, they're not going to be a team that's going to be huge front runners and try to run up the score. It's going to be a kind of grind out a win and, and move on type mentality, I would think. And they're just trying to keep a pace in the, in the AFC East and, and the wild card at seven and four. By no means that I think Miami's an awful, but I just don't think they're in a position to be late double digits to just about anybody. And since he with Brandon Allen, I was I, I was pretty impressed with him. I thought he was significantly better than uh, Finley, who was in there the week before against Washington. And I don't think by any means Cincinnati's a good team, but I just think they're closer to you know respectable as opposed to I think if Finley was in there, they're legit like a bottom three team or right around there. And I think they're just a little bit ahead of this. So I think this, this line is just a little bit out of control. And then when you think about the, the total being 42 and a half, that's a super low total. So, you know, relatively speaking, these points are, are a lot more valuable. And the fact that it's 11 and a half and into a 42 and a half total game, um, just seems kind of nuts too. So when you're talking about, you know, a fourth of the, 
it spreads a fourth of the total that uh basically the Cincy offense can do anything and it's not like Miami's defense is like Miami doesn't even have a, a top ten defense or offense, I don't think. So when they have don't really have anything that they can rely on that's top notch and Cincy's not beyond awful like the Jets or, or potentially the Jags, uh just, just seems a little high to me. So I'm gonna go ahead and take a few extra points and what I think is a, a value and, and take Cincy plus eleven and a half. Where are you going for your first one? All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of points there, but yeah, it's just kind of hard to gauge with Cincinnati if they're, you know, what their motivation is. I think it's pretty crazy how much of a downgrade I had on Cincinnati just from the Burrow injury. But we'll have to. Yeah, it's hard to argue there with Miami laying yeah. any points. So I just I'm, I agree that that's that it's a huge downgrade off of him, but, but I think that Allen's a lot more capable than Finley, and that's kind of my main handicap. Yeah. I don't think the market's accounting for that, so I could be dead wrong, but. We'll see. All right, yeah, I'm going to go. Let's uh, start it off here with a total. I will be going to Indy at Houston. My power rating here, Indy 2.5. Look at line, Indy 3.5. Uh, Westgate opened Indy 2.5. And, and then, of course, the number we're looking for here for my play would be the total, which opened at 55. I'm going to be uh, playing this game over. I. It just seems to me I kind of hit myself because there's two games I like last week where of course, that big play I released on that Chargers total in Buffalo. Another one I I liked quite a bit. I just didn't get there for whatever reason was that Houston total. And to me, it's just Houston's just a pretty much a dead nuts over team almost every week. I mean, it's just hard for me to bet a game under here for Houston. And sure enough, there's a lot of money coming under. So of course, I'm bucking all this money here, and it's actually came down even further. So I I think it's mostly because of the the indie side of it, obviously more so than the Houston, but it just, it just seems to me where, and then obviously you have the Fuller news too, but it just, it just seems to me like Houston and it really comes down to Watson is really just a gunslinger. And I think he's able to make plays and keep plays alive. And and obviously they're a bottom feeder from a record perspective, but they're definitely able to put up points and not only put up points, but put them up in bunches and, and quickly. So I think this also with that, I think this Indianapolis defense has been overrated. You know, we've been kind of saying on the podcast all year how they haven't really played anybody too high of caliber or anything like that. So I like this year. I think the, the recency here, they have both, both these teams have a lot of overs lately. I think they're just, uh, just trending in that direction. So of course, coming down from the opener of 55, we're seeing, and I get it. There's some, you know, players out and stuff, a few, few different news and everything like that. And I know Fuller's a, a huge hit there with that suspension, but it, it to me it just still seems like, I mean, how much are you going to adjust it for, you know, one or two players out here, uh, or a big one like Fuller, it just seems like an over-adjustment here, an overreaction. So now we're seeing, um, I'm trying to look for the prevailing number, I guess it's coming down, I see some 50s, but I think 50.5 is probably fair. And so, yeah, I like it over 50.5. And another thing, too, just from a straight just as, I don't know, I don't know how to put it, but just like a, you know, not basic strategy, but just a typical thing I'll look to play for. When you have the rest of the market at 15 and a half, 51, I see Bovada just moved from, uh, down to 50. So right now in the marketplace, Bovada is the lowest in the total here. And especially when these two teams are, you know, more of a, you can see, obviously with a higher total here in the 50s, it's a, it's not like a very low scoring game where you're in like the high 30s or something like that. So, when they're in the, in the 50s, obviously the market's accounting for that there are higher scoring teams. But my point being is Bovada being a public book, when they're, when they're on the low end of a total like that, it, it, it always worries me to try to bet the under because when, it seems like when the, a, a square book like that, like in Bovada is on the underside, that seems like it's a, a red flag because then you might have, you know, the, the average person thinking, okay, bet under. Uh, because of the injuries or, or people being out or what have you. And it just seems like that's just, that seems like oftentimes yeah. it's the wrong side. So, And generally, the public books are going to shade to the over and shade to the favorite because they're taking so much action on those that they want to try to, you know, protect against that as much as possible. And you almost always see the sharper books a little bit lower on the total end, a little bit lower on the spread. And the public books are shaded higher. So never that flip flops. And like you said, yeah, it's usually in like, you know, two teams with like great defenses where the public overreacts to the defenses and wants to bet the under. So the fact that here in a higher total game, the square book is shaded to the under compared to the other ones is, uh, I, I agree. It's definitely a great call and it's a good way to read the market. It's a pretty big red flag to try to bet an under and it's definitely a nice key to bet an over. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, with all that, and like I said, I, I, I do like this number more where it opened at 55, much more than where it's at now at 50 and a half. And like I said, there's even some fifties popping up here. So I won't be surprised if it comes even lower here. So I'm going to wait and play this, but yeah, for this, uh, recording right now on Thursday evening here, I'm going to be playing, uh, over 50 and a half Houston, Indianapolis for my first pick here. All right. I like that. Um, yeah, just on a quick side note for that, I got, um, Watson and Cooks and Cobb in my, in my big best ball deal here that I'm going to make it to the playoffs at the end of the year. And I know like it's in a, like at the surface level, getting Fuller out of there should be good because then, you know, hopefully that gives Cooks and Cobb more work. And, but at the same time, like I really hope that that offense doesn't crash like, like the market's kind of implying there because if uh if all three of those guys take a big hit that would not be good for me so I'm uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, I'm hoping you're right here and the the Houston offense keeps chugging along and it's hard for me to imagine Will Fuller's that important but I guess uh, I guess we'll see um all right my next play I'm going to go down to the Cleveland Tennessee game all right my power rating here Tennessee minus 4 look at line Tennessee 3 and a half even money Westgate opened Side Tennessee four and the total here open fifty three. So yeah, I, I like Cleveland here uh, catching five and a half. Uh, Cleveland's a team that I've been betting against more than I've been betting on, and it's usually not that uh, I necessarily hate Cleveland. It's more so just you know where they've been priced and they've been a favorite in a lot of games. Uh, like last week at Jacksonville. Eagles at home, Texans at home, Raiders at home, Bengals. Uh, it's just been a lot of games here in a row where they're, they've been favorites and I haven't really loved them. I think they're eight and three records a little over inflated. Uh, I think they're, you know, more of a slightly above average team. So I think that that record can be a tiny bit misleading. But in this spot, uh, I think Tennessee's the one that's, that's, uh, overvalued here. I, like I said last week against the Colts, uh, catching, I think what what were they even do? What were they last week that they ended up at? I know I liked them, but it was just never never in doubt. They just routed them, so I totally forgot the number. I think it was like three or three and a half, something like that. And it was weird with all right. Yeah, I said it was weird against the Colts because they played them a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, and they lost in kind of a sloppy game where there's a couple muff punts and and whatever. And I think that kind of drove the line a little bit last week too. So now everybody. Are you talking about Jacksonville or? No. Oh, wait, what? Are you talking about Cleveland or, or what? Uh, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Okay. I was confused. I gotcha. Um, yeah, that, yeah, it was three. Okay. So I I know I I love Tennessee. Yeah. I didn't have any interest in the Cleveland side. That's why I thought, but yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead. Yeah. And, uh, so last week I liked Tennessee quite a bit and I was going to, I got a decent amount of myself at three and a half. And then, uh, it went down to three and then there was money on Tennessee later and then I didn't end up wanting to release it as a play. Um, uh, but I, I was pretty happy that they won very easily against the Colts and, and, uh, Henry looked amazing and all the t- typical Tennessee stuff. So I think that kind of boosted their, what was the look at line on this game? Um, one second. Look at line was. Three and a half even money, Tennessee. Yeah, so it goes from three and a half even money up to five and a half. And Tennessee looked good last week against the Colts, which I was kind of expecting and glad that it happened that way in a nice revenge spot in the rematch. And then Cleveland goes down to Jacksonville, laying points and barely wins the game, but we're in control of that game the entire time. So wasn't overly impressive on the scoreboard, but I thought it was a pretty, pretty thorough, easy victory. Uh, for them, even though they ended up not covering and the game was, they ended up being closer than, than it seemed like, but it definitely could have been a spot where they were, you know, just going through the motions, looking ahead and, uh, you know, preparing for Tennessee even and, and what could be a pretty pivotal game as far as playoff seating goes with the eight and three Browns and the eight and three Titans. Um, you know, not for necessarily for first with the Steelers and Chiefs in the AFC, but, uh, you know, maybe probably for the third seed, I guess. And, uh, I guess not to Cleveland to be a wild card, aren't they? Anyway, anyway, um, either way, you got two top tier teams in the AFC. So 
I think this should be closer to a field goal. Like I think that three and a half is a lot better number than five and a half. I just don't think Tennessee's defense really hasn't been good basically all year. I think they kind of live off the defense from a couple of years ago and even last year where they've been pretty stout. But this year, I mean, they've been giving up near 30 points a game uh, basically, basically every week here for the last month. And even last week, they they routed the Colts and it was pretty impressive. But it was also um, it it was like a lot of turnovers and. I thought it was more just the Colts played sloppy and, and poor, and then the Titans took advantage to their credit. But I think Cleveland, on the other hand, just a run the ball against – they should have plenty of success against Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't get any pressure on the quarterback, and that's when Baker looks the worst is when you can kind of, you know, try to make them play faster and make mistakes. So I don't think they're going to really be forcing him into many mistakes. And I think they'll have a decent amount of success. And Cleveland's a team to me where I don't want to lay points with them with their conservative run style offense and no, you know, average defense. But they're also a team I love catching points with. So in this spot here, when you're getting five and a half with a Tennessee team that I don't think is all that capable defensively, and their offense can be super hit or miss, like it is scary. Yeah, that there's a possibility that Henry can run for 130 and three, and and I don't trust Baker to come back, and that's. That is a scenario where I could see this getting blown up and, and you'd be pretty disappointed in, but I think way more often than not, it's going to be a back-and-forth, one-score type game. And in that spot, um, it's kind of like Tennessee a couple weeks ago against Baltimore. I could definitely see it playing out a lot like that, where it's not super high scoring, but it gets into the mid-20s, and the, the, the whole time it's a one-score. It could go either way in the game, then it's just a matter of who makes the play at the end. But in those type of games, I absolutely love catching over a field goal here. And uh, so, yeah, I like this one quite a bit, uh, Tennessee. I mean, Cleveland plus five and a half. Where are you going with your next one? Uh, yeah, for me, I'm going to go ahead and go to the Vegas at the Jets. My power in here, Vegas minus 10. Look at line, Vegas seven and a half. Westgate open side, Vegas eight and a half. And the total here open 46 and a half. I, uh... I wanted to bet this game here on the side and take the and, and lay the point here with Vegas. I just feel like they're in a pretty good spot, but laying more than a touchdown just seems like a big ask here, and I just don't fully trust this team. So I figured the best way to go about this would be the old uh, six-point teaser, teasing them down, get them under three because it looks like eight and a half is the prevailing number. So I like that quite a bit. Get them down uh, Vegas down to two and a half. So I'm going to go ahead and do that here. And, and like I said, it really just comes down to I think this line. I almost want to bet this on the side, but I just feel like it's better bet on, on you know teasing them down. But um, you know, debatably going to bet them on the side too. I just feel like the Jets are just a team that this is like a get right game for for Vegas, and they struggled. Obviously, had one of the worst game. I think it was a, the worst margin of including the spread in anything of any team all year last week against Atlanta. I, I was on Atlanta, fortunately, but yeah, it just was a a game where they just were dead and they couldn't do anything on offense and had turnovers and mistakes and, you know, like the world's coming down on them. So, I mean, this just seems like a game where they're in a spot where you're not going to take the Jets lightly, it doesn't seem like. And if you, you sure wouldn't think so when they're, you know, right in that wild card race and they've had a pretty good season and, and they just had a down game there. A couple tougher games, but yeah, specifically last week. That just seems like a game where you're going to get their ultra-focus and ultra-aggression you're gonna have Gruden's gonna be able to have the team ready, so I just I just feel like this is a, the only te- the only way they don't cover this or, or win by a margin. Uh, it just seems like if they're not focused and motivated, because it seems like anybody can win by a margin against the Jets this year. So, like I said, if, if as long as I know they have full focus, which I'm, you know, feel pretty confident that they're gonna be there, it just seems like uh you know good play here on on Vegas, especially when I tease them down lane less than three. So that'll be the first leg. Uh, second leg, yeah, I'm gonna go. Say, sorry, not not to interrupt, but you never want to key a game and put it in a ton of stuff, but I'm like, I don't know, it just feels to me like this is a great spot for the Raiders, and you could almost, you know, tease them up and down the board with a few games if you really wanted to. Like it's just, I just really could, I'll be really, really shocked if the Jets beat them out right here, and what should be a really good spot for the Raiders, but continue. Yeah, and then, so yeah, my other, I need to tease it with something, obviously, so I'm going to look down the board a little bit here, and we'll go to Philadelphia at Green Bay, and I'm going to be Again, it's a kind of similar fashion. I, I almost want to bet Green Bay here, laying the points. 
I mean, that Philadelphia cover, like, again, I, I was on them, not myself, but a, a third party that I, uh, information. But yeah, it didn't like to play at all there against Seattle last week and they ended up getting there in pretty fortunate fashion with, uh, that cheap and then, the, then they get the meaningless two point conversion. You know, just a lot of things had to go right there. So very, very misleading final there at Seattle or in against Seattle at Philly or in Philly, but. I just feel like Green Bay is going to win here by a margin, but again, I don't think I need to to worry about the, a huge margin, just a small margin. So we'll tease Green Bay down uh, against Philadelphia, the two and a half, uh, two and a half, yeah, I think eight and a half. So yeah, two and a half as well. So again, the six point teaser, two team. We'll do Green Bay minus two and a half against Philadelphia and Vegas on the road against the Jets, line two and a half for the six point two team teaser. All right, uh, I like that. Um... Next game for me is the Giants at Seattle. All right, let's see. My uh, power rating here: Seattle minus eleven and a half. Look headline: Seattle seven and a half. Westgate open: Seattle minus nine, and the total here open forty-eight and a half. So this is another one kind of similar to me for Cincinnati, where I'm not in love with it, but I just feel like if you hold your nose and bet it overall, you're gonna come out ahead and. Uh, obviously, with that being said, I'm going to take the Giants here, plus 10. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with the Giants last week, and Daniel Jones getting hurt and Colt McCoy coming in. He's obviously no great shakes by any means, but he's a capable, respectable quarterback in, in the NFL, and I don't think they're going to ask him to you know, throw the ball over the yard and win games for him. But their defense has been playing really well here the past month. Um, it, in the last couple of games, I've given up 17, 17, 20, 25 against the Bucks, and uh, 20, 19. Uh, you know, so they've been they've been holding teams to right around 20 points here, basically for a month and a half. And I don't think there's anything fluky about it. It's not just aberrations in the scores. Just with the eye test, I think their defense looks pretty uh, pretty solid. And now they're a four and seven team, first in the AFC East, tied with Washington. Um. I mean, NFC, sorry. Uh, I, I don't think they're an incredible team by any means, but I think they're going to be super motivated. Uh, I think they have a pretty solid defense, and I don't think McCoy is going to be an absolute disaster. So I think catching 10 here is is a fair is a fairly decent bet. And on the flip side, Seattle coming off that Monday night game in Philly where, yeah, they ended up not covering, but they, were, they didn't put a ton of energy into it because they were – pretty much in control the whole game, but they still they only put up 23 points, and they never looked, they never had it fully in hand either, where they could just, you know, pull starters or anything like that and just look forward to the next week. They were they were fairly competitive for the you know, the whole game, so now you got to turn around on a short week, heading back home. And, and um, now with the Cardinals losing last week, I still got the Rams chasing them. The Rams are only a game back, but I think they're feeling pretty comfortable with where they're at. So they're not going to be in like a must win back against the wall situation. I think this is not necessarily a look ahead because they got the jets next week. So this, this little two game homestand here, I think they'll figure is just kind of a cakewalk. And I think with the jets, they'll probably be right. Whereas with the giants, I think they might put up a little bit more, more resistance than that. And I think their, their, their defense looked pretty good last week against Philadelphia for the first time in a while, because the, the Seattle defense has been pretty horrendous for most of the season. And I think that's they're going to end up biting them at some point this year uh, in, the, in the playoffs. But even though they didn't only give up 17 points and some of that came in a Hail Mary fashion, I think that was way more of an indictment on Wentz and the Philly offense than it was. There was plenty of receivers that he sailed the ball on or just didn't find, or the, then you know, the line was just in shambles and, Looked awful, so I don't think that was a a big statement that the, the Seattle defense is back. We need to look out for them going forward. I think that was just more so of a Philly thing. And if the Giants can have any success whatsoever offensively, catching ten points here, I think seems uh, like kind of a bargain. So taking a taking a uh, you know leap of faith here, backing Colt McCoy and and Brandon Allen, definitely not things that are overly thrilling to do and can go horribly wrong. So. Not that any bet in the NFL is a safe bet, but you know you can't can't uh, go overboard on those necessarily. But I just feel like if you 
if you uh, take a stab on both of those uh, in the long run, I think you're going to end up winning more than you lose. And here's a spot where if Seattle goes up quite a bit early, I could see them lay, you know, uh, laying off and just running the ball, especially last week they were doing that constantly because, you know, they've kind of been going back and forth with the let Russ cook versus Pete Carroll run the ball and kill the clock mentality. And it seemed to me like there was uh, – it kind of feels like there's a shift in Seattle where they're thinking, okay, when we're throwing the ball, our defense is so bad that we're having these shootouts that we could kind of go either way. Let's try to establish the run more and shorten these games and and play kind of uglier games that we've been accustomed to in years past. And with Carson healthy again, I could be wrong on that, but it feels like that's kind of way the more the way they're trending. And uh, I think that's kind of the style of game the Giants want to play too. So I do like the under in this game as well at 47. But I think, again, kind of like with other game, if you're going to get lower scoring games, uh, catching double digit points is all that much, uh, more, uh, effective. So, yeah, Giants plus 10 here for, for my third one. What about you? Alrighty, yeah, definitely. That uh, was one of my short ones that I missed off my list. I just couldn't get there to the window because of the quarterback uncertainty. I do think there's a drop off from Jones, but anyway, I will get over to my third game here, which I'm going to go to. The Rams at Arizona. My power rating here, Rams minus one and a half. Look headline was a pick 'em. The Westgate open Rams two and a half and the total open forty nine. I will take a stab here on the old Cardinals. I know the line's kinda I know I bet it at three earlier, but it looks like it's I guess it's still kind of a split line. I think we still there's enough threes available where it's I guess maybe a lot of them are in Vegas. No, even Pinnacle's got a three one twenty. So a little bit extra juice, but Definitely important to get that three, like we've noted before. Um, so, yeah, it's, like I said, three, I think it's a little bit more of a split line. But definitely want the three here, Arizona plus three. I mean, I don't know. I, I get it. Rams are somewhat of a good spot, I guess, coming off uh, that loss against the divisional game there with the Niners. But it it just seems like you know, look, just look at the adjustment in the look-head line here from a pick em to to where it's at now if you, you get in the three with extra juice. Just seems like a pretty big adjustment. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not in love with Arizona. I know I bet them last week, and it ended up ended up biting me. But I really don't know how they lost that game. I mean, the, the Patriots didn't do anything. They had basically a couple of kick returns that got them into field position to, to punch it in, but they didn't do anything on offense. And I think that score is pretty misleading. And I guess that's kind of just a detriment of how Arizona wasn't able to win pretty handedly. But again, it's almost like a this roller coaster team in Arizona, it just seems like that was a game where they went in there and kind of getting a little bit of respect against, they weren't getting respect, I guess, but you know, just a game where you just expect them to go in. At least I did do that. You go and expect to beat this really rough Patriots team this year and look like they were going to do it right out of the gate. Then they kind of just, just stopped after the first uh, quarter and a half, whatever it was there when they were up 10, nothing. And then all of a sudden they gave up 17 straight to, the, to new England. So it's almost like they just fell asleep at the wheel. So, I don't know. I, I, it was a bad loss, and I think they should have won that handily, but I don't put a whole lot of stock into that. So I just, I feel like this is a team, uh, getting three at home is a pretty good spot here for, for them in, in terms of a point spread perspective. Just coming home and, and, and getting a game here, a divisional game. That just seems like a game. Cause like Murray, it just seems like been a pretty, you know, a lot of roller coaster. Not really sure what you're getting. So obviously that does kind of worry me. Uh, but you know, if you just go back and forth. It just seems like this the game is going to show up in here, a divisional game. And of course, like you mentioned, when they lost last week, they're got a couple teams right on their nose or right on their backs here for the playoff wild card. So I don't know. I think that there's this seems like I said, pretty good spot for them to come out and and show all they have. And it it seems like this is this is just uh yeah three points. I don't I don't know. Like I said, it just I don't really know how to explain it because like I said, the Rams aren't the in the best spot. The Cardinals are in the best spot compared to the Rams. I understand the Rams lost the game, but I feel like they're going to, the Rams being just kind of took a lot of that game last week against the Niners. And I guess more so, I know I'm having a tough, tough time of getting this one out, but it's just trying to think through my head. I think the Arizona loss in reality to me against the Patriots just doesn't seem as bad in hindsight compared to the Rams loss compared to what I think is San Francisco. I think it's a way to put it. So I think I, I I think I downgrade the Rams more from that loss more than I do Arizona, and I get it. I'm not too high on the Patriots, but just more so that just kind of the whole thought process of playing the Patriots and going to going to uh, Foxborough. So anyway, yeah, 
a little bit of uh, belabored this, but I think, like I said, I think it's more so just the number at three. Getting Arizona plus three, even paying a little bit extra juice, minus 120, minus 125, I think it's worth it. Getting Arizona at home, I feel like they're going to be competitive here and, and have a good chance of winning this game. All right. Uh, that's the first one. I, I don't feel strongly about it, but I would slightly disagree on. We'll uh, see, though. It's, uh, it, should, it should be a really a good game to watch, and that's an afternoon game, too. So it should be uh, probably the premier game of the afternoon, and uh, it'll be really interesting because I, I could see that going either way. But uh, my my next game is another afternoon game with uh, the aforementioned New England Patriots heading to L.A. to play the Chargers. All righty. Uh, my power in here, Chargers minus two. Look at line, Chargers two and a half. Westgate open, pick them. And then the total here open, 48 and a half. Uh, yeah, I like the Chargers at Pick'em. Uh, I, I, I more so bet against New England than I did bet on Arizona last week. And I feel like New England, they they did everything they could to, to do their part of the game. They, Cam Newton looked pretty sloppy and awful again. They really didn't do anything at, at all. Uh, you know, he, he threw for 84 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks, and somehow was the game-winning quarterback. They didn't have a rusher over 50 yards. Uh, you know, Harris had 14 carries for 47 yards, and the, the receivers caught 52, 33, 0, and negative 1, and they won the game. And I still am baffled, really, how it happened. I watched every second of the game, and it was uh, pretty pretty ridiculous. And uh, the, their defense, which last week only gave up 17 points somehow, they have just been abysmal week in and week out for a majority of the season here, even though they're getting credit as people give New England credit for a good defense, a little like Tennessee, really, where the last couple of years have had pretty good defense, and this year they haven't at all. They've been getting carved up by just about everybody, and somehow the Cardinals couldn't do it at all last week, which kind of gives me pause for them going forward. And hopefully for you, uh, that was an aberration last week, and, and you know, whatever, I don't, I don't know what happened exactly, and, They'll be back at it, but I, I just, I think Herbert and the Chargers here are going to carve up this New England secondary, and they're going to score a ton of points in uh, in this matchup. And I don't think Cam Newton's good enough at this point in his career, and doesn't have the weapons and to uh, to keep up. And it'd be a deal where I wouldn't feel comfortable at all laying many points with the Chargers because I just don't trust Anthony Lynn. Obviously, here this is a huge coaching mismatch uh, that. It needs to be said that uh, you are putting your money on Anthony Lynn against <laughs> against Bill Belichick, which never makes you feel all that good. But other than that, I mean, I think just about everything else in this game favors the Chargers. Uh, you know, basically, I think across the board, their defense is probably middle of the road, and I think New England's is in the bottom tier. Quarterback, I significantly trust Herbert more. Uh, they much better weapons, especially with Eckler back, uh, even though they. They ended up losing by 10 to the Bills last week. Um, I, I wasn't, I don't, I don't think they played horrible or, or, you know, are selling my Charger stock necessarily. I think they just played a good team and came up short, which, which I would expect because I don't think the Chargers are there. They're probably a, a year or two away. So obviously at three and eight, they're not really, they're not playing for anything. So you do have to, if you, if you factor in, uh, the, the Patriots still, after their win last week, being five and six now and back potentially in the wild card chase, you could make an argument that they'll be more motivated. But I also think that the Chargers are coming off playoff revenge. I remember, I'm pretty sure that was last year, wasn't it, where the Chargers were the hot, sexy pick in the wild card game, and then the Pats beat them. Or is that two years ago? Yeah, I think two. I don't know. I think two. I really have no idea. I don't remember what happened a couple of days ago or last week, let alone a year or two ago. So. Yeah. It's funny how the, the years kind of do run together. Um, but <clears throat> I think either way, whether it was last year or the year before, not that Herbert's going to have any uh, any extra motivation, but yeah, it was two two years ago. So, But I think just the, the San Diego or I guess L.A. Chargers franchise in general definitely has a uh, – you know, a little bit, not a score to settle, but I think they wouldn't mind beating Bill Belichick and the Patriots, especially when they're down. I think a lot of teams probably feel like that, that they've been getting beat up so many years and lost a lot of playoff games to them that uh, if they can turn the tables and beat beat them now when they're when they're at a low point, uh, they'll they'll gladly do it. So 
even though they're not in a playoff race, I still think you'll get a pretty good effort here from the Chargers in a team that has a lot of, of hope and, and youth here going forward. Um, asking them just to win the game here at a pick, I think, is uh, is pretty fair, and I, I, I like it quite a bit. So in a game where I think you got a better defense, a significantly better offense, and you're at home, it just seems to me like everything here except the coach points to the Chargers. And uh, I think hopefully you're in a spot where, um, you know, it's not coming down to a last-minute decision and you're relying on Anthony Lynn to do something for you. And I think there's a lot of a lot of ways this game plays out. If the, the Chargers go way ahead, I don't trust Cam Newton to come back. If it's a back-and-forth game, I'd much rather have my money on, on the Chargers' offense late. And even if the New England jumps out to a lead with some fluky plays or whatever, I'd still feel fairly confident the Chargers can come back and make it a game. So no matter how the game starts, I just am going to be way more comfortable being on the Chargers' side here. And I think... And the way Belichick's kind of telling you his offense is trash, so it's not like it's an aberration. Like the they're running multiple trick plays constantly, and and they just they just don't have any any big playmakers really. I mean, there's just so little talent uh, all around there. And uh, Newton maybe at the peak of his career could carry him, but he's just not that not that player anymore. So uh, to me, this is a pretty obvious one. This one stuck 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 out like a sore thumb. Uh, looking at it here, and, and uh, yeah, I love it. So. What about your next one? Yeah, I'm actually on the same game here. Uh, New England and at the Chargers. I will be uh, first one in a while. I will be going ahead, going on with you on the Chargers there. So I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take them. It looks like uh, you said pick them. I mean, there's plenty of, I think there's plenty of plus one. So I think well, plus one's the number we can go with. All right. Not cherry picking. So let's, uh, let's take Chargers plus one. And yeah, I don't want to belabor it too long. I know you got a pretty good uh, ranting on the, the much of the play, but I definitely uh, definitely agree with you here. I, funny in my notes here, I said I don't. Uh, I, everything points to LAC except for the coaching mismatch. Uh, everything <laughs> else points to that. So I mean, it's almost like you looked at my notes there when doing the doing the breakdown. But yeah, I, I agree with everything. It just it does worry me. I just seems like you're losing a little bit of value. I'd like to know what the this line was uh, to start the year. It'd be really interesting to see. It seems like it's probably more in the six, seven range. But anyway, uh, at least earlier in the year, maybe when New England looked a little bit better. But not that that means anything. But I just really like the Chargers in a more than a field goal situation. So that's the one thing that does worry me, which ultimately I guess leads back to the bad coach. So I think that's uh, that's the that's the point that we keep belaboring. But it just uh, I think it's very true. So that that's definitely what worries me the most. Why I'm not I guess such a all-in pick or a big play for for me here. I think it's definitely a solid play, but definitely not one of my bigger plays, uh, and that's pretty much the only reason why. So, yeah, definitely an agreement, though. The Chargers plus one. All right. Uh, my last one is Buffalo-San Francisco. All right, Buffalo-San Francisco, power rating, Buffalo minus two. Look headline, Buffalo two and a half, minus 120. The Westgate opened Buffalo three, and the total here opened 47 and a half. All right. Um, yeah, I, I like Buffalo. Um, this is weird because it's a San Francisco home game, but they're playing in Arizona. Not that I really give much credence to home field at all. But if I did, or if, if you do at all, even if you say there's any kind of a benefit, I think it's mostly players being comfortable at home and not having to travel and you know having the same routine and everything. And the, or the Niners don't even get that this week. So I think it's basically a neutral site game here, or it is. And, uh, you know, the, the Niners have already played in Arizona week one, and the Buffalo played in Arizona just a couple weeks ago. So I don't, that really doesn't factor into my pick all that much, but if you are going to make a case for that, I think it only helps Buffalo. And the Niners, they, they beat the Rams last week, and it was just kind of a ugly, sloppy game that where they won 23-20 at the last second with a, a gold field goal. I don't know. I think to me that looked more just like a, a they, you know, they had a pick six and it was just a sloppy uh, Jared Goff game, which the Rams are you know, t- tend to do from time to time. Coming off a big Monday night win at Tampa Bay, it was just kind of a flat spot for them. And I, I wasn't on the Niners, so I'm not saying that I foresaw this or, but you know, looking back on it. It makes a lot of sense that the Rams would come out and play just an awful game, a sloppy game, and 
in an in-division game against the Niners, who are now 5-6 and six and still have some hopes of, of making the playoffs potentially. They're only uh, you know, a game back of Arizona now for the seventh spot. So I think it, uh, it makes a lot of sense that they did come out and uh, and play well and, and, and not as they won, but they had a good week last week. But I, I think I chalked that more up to just a flat, poor spot for the Rams than the Niners playing great. And, and watching that game, it, it wasn't like I was like, oh, wow, this Mullins kid's super impressive, and I expect this to be something going forward. I think that was more the aberration than the rule. And other than that, the Niners are just getting getting trucked week in and week out. Uh, you know, at the at the Saints, they didn't even come close to covering against the Packers at home. They got absolutely routed on Thursday night. At Seattle, they got smoked by double digits, and then they had that weird Patriots game where they actually went in and looked really good. And that was kind of that, that was by far the the aberration than the rule here over the last couple months. So I just they've been getting players back. Uh, you know, like uh, Sherman. And uh, some other other defensive players are back and healthy, so I think their defense is is improved from where they've been. But on offense, they got Mostert back, and he's a fine player. Uh, but you know, there's just and, and Debo Samuel, I guess, is a, is a solid player as well. But they still don't have a ton of of talent on offense. And like I said, the the biggest issue for me is it's it's Nick Mullins still, and yeah, I, he hasn't really done anything at all to impress me. I've I've had some uh, rooting interest for fantasy players and them trying to cover against the Saints a couple weeks ago, and it's just I don't know. There's there's very very little that he does that I get excited about, and even against shell defense, I know against the Packers on that Thursday night, I was I was rooting for them to uh, to score some fantasy points at least down thirty or whatever they were, and, and he couldn't even do that, and that was uh, beyond frustrating. So maybe I'm holding a, a bit of a grudge from that, but. Even last week, like I said, they had one touchdown run, uh, pick six, and a couple field goals, and that's all they accomplished offensively or you know scoring wise. So I don't expect them to score much at all. Even though I don't think Buffalo's defense is spectacular, I think they're good enough to at least keep them in check. And then it's a matter of is the 49ers defense so much improved with all their people back that they're going to hold Buffalo down to to very few points? And I don't think so. I think Buffalo's offense has been Pretty successful, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty well oiled machine pretty much all year. And they had a little bit, um, of a lull throughout the middle of the season there, but I think they've, uh, kind of figured it back out. And there's a lot of weather situations too with them. I know against the Jets, they only put up 18. That was definitely some weather involved. But I, th- I mean, Buffalo at eight and three, I don't think that's fluky much at all. I think they're definitely a top tier team. I think the Niners with their with their current roster is average at best. So in a game where I don't think home field plays much of a factor, and I don't think it's a huge flat spot for the Bills, or it shouldn't be. Um, and I think if anything, it's kind of a bad spot for the Niners coming off a big division win at the Rams. I think just home field situation is either neutral or favors Buffalo. Spot is either neutral or favors Buffalo, and Buffalo's a pretty significantly better team so the fact that this is in uh in the pick'em range here is kind of crazy to me i don't uh don't get it and i expect buffalo to to win this game so like this one quite a bit too where are you going with your last one yeah i'm gonna look to the same game there buffalo at san francisco and uh unlike the other game or no i'm gonna be on the same side buffalo so (laughs) we're gonna be uh (laughs) We're gonna be the last two for two here together. I not not usually a good sign here when we're on the same couple games, but yeah, uh, you mentioned a lot of uh, made a lot of good points and agree with a lot of it, uh, pretty much all of it. So yeah, Buffalo. I mean, to me, it just really seems like this should be like a three. So the fact that you're, you know, I, I can get Buffalo right now at a plus one, it just seems like I'm almost missing something. Seems like a, a line that's just out of whack. I mean, it just seems like Buffalo is definitely in a, a top tier. Compared to San Francisco right now, like you said, specifically with Mullins, I mean, maybe you put San Francisco in there if they have Garoppolo, and I still think I prefer, prefer Buffalo here. But uh, yeah, we add Mullins and just you know add icing to the cake. So, um, like I said, unless there's something I'm missing, it just seems like a a good 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 spot here, good play. Uh, everything points Buffalo's way. So it just yeah, getting the points, it's just hard for me to imagine that this this closes where it's at. I don't know how Buffalo money doesn't come in here eventually. And you would 
think Buffalo public money would come, but I don't know. I guess maybe the after San Francisco's victory there at, at the the Rams, I guess maybe the public's a little enamored with with Mullins and what he's doing. But yeah, I'm definitely not too worried about Mullins and that offense and. San Francisco defense, I think, is something that Buffalo can definitely drive and move the ball on. So, yeah, definitely agreement here. I definitely like Buffalo, and uh, plus one is what uh, what, what I'll take them at. What what did you – did you say minus one, or what did you – No, I was was saying pick, or, yeah, there is a plus one, so we call it plus one. Um, Yeah, I'm just taking a look here. There's some picks, too, so I guess it's kind of – yeah, let's just maybe do a pick them for this one just to be be fair from the other one. Let's just keep this one at a pick. All right, that sounds good to me. Um, all right, awesome. Yeah, that. Uh, you want to recap your five quick, and then I'll do mine. We can do our pick of the week. Yep, uh, five plays here: Houston over Houston Indy over fifty and a half for a total. Then I had that six point teaser teasing uh, the Vegas and Green Bay both down to minus two and a half, and then Arizona plus three, Chargers plus one, and then of course the one we just talked about, Buffalo pick them. All right, I had. Cincy plus 11.5, Cleveland plus 5.5, Giants plus 10, Chargers plus 1, and Buffalo at pick. So, yeah, it's it's pretty scary because I, I absolutely love this card and uh, love these five picks. So, I don't know, whenever that happens, I uh, get a little worried. So, we'll see, but it's kind of a, it's a, you know, a little bit of a conundrum because the time, you know, when you feel the strongest, you feel like you should do the best or, you know, not that you're ever going to go crazy and bet a ton. But it's like whenever I feel that confident, it seems like it doesn't end up going well from my experience. So then it's like, well, then do you pull back and not bet when you really love it? Or, you know, it's a, kind of a, a seesaw. So I guess maybe just bet similarly all the time and let the chips fall where they may. So I feel like that's one thing I've found is I've, my confidence level on picks doesn't usually seem to be good. Like the ones that I'm not that confident in seem to be just as good as the ones I'm super confident in. So, you know, that's just a, a sign of the lack of, <laughs> of ability or what. But anyway, let's uh, wrap it up and do the pick of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So our last pick of the week, you had a teaser with Houston and Green Bay and got both of those home. And I had Green Bay in that against Indy, and they lost in overtime by a field goal. And I was catching two, so I did not uh, get mine home. So, unfortunately, that drops me to 5-5 five and five on the year for my pick of the week, and you go to 6-4. and four. So, you take over the tee box and have at her. All right, let's go here. So, I'm going to be taking... Well, we just talked about, I might be taking your play, but I'm taking Buffalo here. That's a pick on. I just feel like the number's out of whack and a lot of good things. So, I'm, again, don't need to belabor it. We already talked about it in length here on the top five segment. But, yeah, give me Buffalo, pick them, pick of the week. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would have been mine or not, but, I, I mean, that one, the Chargers and Cleveland to me are all, are all equally uh, awesome, awesome plays in my mind. So, I think I'm going to go with the Chargers plus one uh, against New England is mine. Uh, New England got me last week. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. And, uh, yeah, so we'll go with that. So we'll have a couple of, I guess you got the Sunday night. Are they the Monday night game? Correct. Okay, so you got the Monday nighter. I got a Sunday afternoon game. Um, So, yeah, we'll uh, just enjoy the early slate. Hopefully cheer on a Vikes win. And then... uh, Get our our Chargers home that we'll both be on, and then uh, hopefully roll it over to Monday night and get our Buffalo home that we'll both be on. So it uh, could be a good weekend here, even though you're not uh, not going to be back here in God's country watching it. But we'll have to uh, cheer from afar. Yeah, next weekend. Sounds good. All right, any concluding thoughts here on the Week 13 pod? No, don't got much. Just uh, like you said, ready. Glad we got the pod out here. Hopefully, we pick some winners and. Get back on track and get back into the swing of things for sure after a little bit of a holiday and look forward here to, to Christmas and the rest of the holiday here for the busy December month. Yeah, that's the uh, let's say the the nice part about the, getting closer to the end of the season is you got some games like that Rams Cardinals that have a ton of playoff implications and are that much more exciting, and then you also have some games that are you know just a couple of dead teams kind of playing out the string and I guess there's not 
there's not too many games like that this week, but there's still just a lot of teams that are just kind of dead in the water, like, you know, a, a Jacksonville or, or a Jets where you just don't really know what to make of them. And you're, the motivation comes into question. So it's kind of a double-edged sword here as we get later into the season where some, the, the variance of quality of game definitely gets a lot higher where there's some good, really good ones and some just awful ones as far as teams go too. So I know we always prefer the, the start of the season a little bit more, but at least now we have a pretty good idea who these teams are and, and uh, hopefully we can capitalize on that here as we wind down the season and head towards the playoffs. So uh, enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. Good luck on all of your wagers for week 13 and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.